Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of Dream Chasers and Wealth Makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. As your host, I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. Today, I'm really pleased to have one of two guests so far. <laughs> Dan, how's Dan? Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. He's clearly the mover today. He got He's, here. In time. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll give Billy his fair share of uh, grief when he uh, finally makes it. Um, but anyway, Dan, thanks for uh, carving out time and making it to the show. No problem. So, uh, Paul, any guess where I know Dan from? Let's see. Where does he know most of his guests from? It must be uh, hanging out at the bus depot. No. <laughs> the 5 a.m. gym crowd. The 5 a.m. gym crowd. Same same kind of crowd that hangs out. Of yeah, pretty much the same crowd. <laughs> so um, what I think is, is interesting, and Dan, uh, I'd like to kind of talk about. So when I think of just overall fitness, I think of kind of a three-legged stool. I think of training, uh, nutrition, and then supplements. And not that they're equal, because I do have a I, I have an uh, an opinion on what I think is most important, or at least where you get the most value. Um, and it's not what most people think. It's not training. Right. You can train your brains out, and if you're not eating right or taking the right supplements, you're really not going to see any result. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, everybody's different, but for the most part, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, that's a really good point too. And that is, I think, more on the nutrition side and on the supplement side. I don't think there's one silver bullet. I don't think there's one diet that works for everybody. And, and you know, you and I could name 50 in, you know, in a matter of 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think one's going to work for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. In our, um, just in my office alone, I mean, people are constantly trying new diets and, you know, a carnivore diet or whatever it may be. Right. And honestly, I mean, they don't, usually I think if you're looking really, really, really hard first, at a diet before you actually have the work ethic to be working out or i mean not the speed that we go at at 5 a.m you yeah. know not everybody's going to wake up at 5 a.m um but i think unless you have that in the first place you shouldn't be looking for diet first is a drastic change right you know everybody that's in my office tries to do these diets first the guys at least yeah. and zero it lasts to about, yeah. right zero to a hundred you know yeah. they went from taco bell and mcdonald's to you know eating a hundred percent clean as much as they can they feel terrible they don't have energy to wake up in the morning yeah. to work out first and you know yeah it just fails within two weeks can i can i point out something here somebody snuck in yeah so oh, i yeah. so i'm faced with a moral dilemma paul <laughs> do i Pretend that nothing happened and that Billy's been here the whole time. No, because they could tell in the video he walked across it, he slid in. Or do I say in two years he's the first guest that's actually walked in after the show starts? So you, which do you think? I think you should point out the last factor because these <laughs> yeah, guys are all about. I knew Dan knows me. That's one hundred percent. These guys are all about being disciplined and sticking to your regiment, uh, but he couldn't uh, stick to the regiment today. Bart said uh, Billy's not here yet. I'm like, yeah, Billy won't be here for. Yeah, he's on Billy time. If there's anything about me and Dan, it's Dan's the guy that shows up 45 minutes before the workout to warm up. So by the time it starts, he's fully ready to go. I'm the one that shows up seven. Minutes in and is just doing maximum weight with no warm up. So, <laughs> right. well, to get unfortunately, or 
yeah. That's how it well, is. anyway, we're the gang's all here. Billy, thanks for showing yeah, absolutely. up. Absolutely. So let's do some introductions. Um, uh, you get to go second, Billy, because you're late. You got so, it. Uh, so <laughs> this is going to be a theme of the. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm ready for right. it. So Dan, you have uh, um, you tell about your company and then kind of your history in the in the the supplement nutrition fitness business. Yeah. So I do two things right now. So I'm part owner in a brand, Golden Era Nutrition, uh, which stemmed from. Uh, the manufacturing side, so we do contract manufacturing for sports nutrition, regular health, you know, supplements, any powders, capsules, tablets, um, doing sales for them, um, and just absolutely love working out, and this was a great direction to go if, you know, you do supplement. And you so. said contract, so do you have your own brands, or do you, you're just the... Uh... I have I have a brand with, uh, with my partner, but um, contract meaning, you know, big, large, third-party brands, everybody thinks that you know, these brands, they make their own products, which just isn't true. It's so like jo- clothes. Like the clothes label isn't, they don't make all their clothes. Right, yeah. No. Nike doesn't have their own factory and make their right. own clothes in America. Right. You know? So <laughs> um, so basically, we make products for a lot of these big third-party brands. Yeah. And then Billy? How about- yeah. So, I mean, I've been in the industry for actually 13 years. So I took a high school, you know, job and turned it into my lifelong passion. I, uh, I've been my own business owner for the last five years. So I have two retail stores. I have my own product line that um, we actually, you know, make all the formulations and then we contract it out to a place like Dan's have a facility and yeah. have all of our products, you know, in-house. We carry other third-party brands as well, but that's the core yeah. of our business. Right. And both of these guys, speaking personally, these are my go-to guys. So I get my supplements from both of them and, and my most of my knowledge on supplements. Sometimes I have to tone Billy down a little bit because it's like me talking finance to someone that doesn't know finance that great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Billy will go like, Whoosh. The other person's definitely getting bored before I do, you know, so I got to tone it down. Can we bring up the one thing that you guys were talking about while we were waiting there? You're talking about that the supplements are still assembled, manufactured, measured, whatever you want to call it here in the United States, because even though they're manufactured, bottled, put together in China and other places, there's been a lot of controversy over if you rely upon the Chinese and others to say it really is what it's supposed to be. They, they, they claim it's 80% this and it's 10% this or whatever. Oh, sure. I mean, well, that's Americans, too. I mean, like, uh, overall, the, the supplement industry is today the Wild West of what, you know, used to be long ago in America. We It's entirely unregulated industry. So anyone can put anything on a bottle, you know, say this is the world's number one selling protein powder. It's the best thing ever, and it does these things, and no one's going to check on that. It's The FDA is not going to step in and say, you can't say that. So... With that being said, a lot of times you're having to find brands that you can trust because anyone, Chinese included or Americans or whoever's marketing it, is going to try and sometimes take an edge, which means maybe they say there's 15 milligrams of something, they're just packing 12, knowing that most people aren't going to know. Or maybe they're adding something extra to make it a little bit stronger. And that's that's actually been over the years of the sports nutrition, as long as I've been in it, there's constantly been brands that are racing to you know, all try and do the same thing, whether it's adding an extra, you know, version of Adderall that no one knows it's an amphetamine to their pre-workout to make it crazy strong, or everyone's taking and adding chicory root to a protein powder to basically make it the cheapest protein by adding in a carb that's not insulin impacting. So there's always people trying to go for an angle. And then there's also always going to be brands that are trying to make a good product and, and sell that as well. So, yeah. So uh, you hit on something I think would be really interesting to the listeners. There's uh, many different categories of supplements. Sure. We've talked about pre-workouts, you know, protein powders, and then there's recovery. What in the professional world, what are the, the kind of the, the basic categories? So, I mean, the, the 
go-to in sports, at least, is going to be, you know, protein, glutamine, and branched-chain amino acids, and then the last one most likely being creatine. Um, a lot of people, usually creatine's a, a hot top, hot button for people. They're like, oh my gosh, creatine, you know, and what they don't know is the creatine's been approved by the Olympic Committee since 2010 in the Winter Olympics, and two cups of coffee is banned by the Olympic Committee. So if you have over 180 megs of caffeine, you'll get disqualified. You can have all the creatine in the world, you're totally fine. As far as, and so the Olympic Committee is one of the most strict committees, that's why I bring them up. Yeah. So creatine is actually a very safe supplement. Um, it's a little bit of an aside, but yeah, those four would be the core categories for sports nutrition. It's definitely been around the longest too and studied the most. Yeah, There's enough heavily information studied. out there. That's for sure. Um, we just got to get your your other guests a little closer there. Yeah, okay. Right there. So, um, so I, I would categorize for me from where I stand, just as a user, I'd categorize those as like sports, uh, like enhancement. Um, but then beyond that, I know that there's pre workouts, um, there's post workouts, and then there's just general health. So, how do you categorize those? Where does booze fit into that category? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you ask uh, Arnold in his heyday, he would say, you know, a good shot of vodka pre workout for exactly. vascularity. You know, so um, exactly. yes, yeah, so it just depends on who you ask. But uh, I, but um, I know someone that takes tequila before their workout. See, before workout, Bart was laughing at me here, but I know what I'm talking you know, about. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, if you're if you're trying to step on stage, IPAs aren't going to help you get there either. So I want right. to just clarify that as well. <laughs> but um, ult- ultimately, you're going to look at a recovery as your main aspect as an athlete. So, protein, glutamine, and BCAs are all leaning towards that one. Okay. So I mean, it's a recovery is the biggest side because a lot of things is you know a, a disciplined athlete is going to be able to give it their all. You know, and it's more just how am I going to bounce back so I can do it again tomorrow? How am I going to be able to go 110% tomorrow? That's usually what elite athletes are coming to me and asking for is recovery. You know, people that are newer to the gym are looking for pre-workout. They're looking for something to motivate them to go farther, to lift more, to, you know, do all these things. But, you know, usually elite athletes, especially if you're, if you're running a lot, swimming a lot, or doing something that's going to require a lot more cardiovascular taxation, you're not trying to ingest 500 milligrams of caffeine pre-workout you know your heart rate's already through the roof so that's so most serious athletes i'll say is they're going to focus on recovery pre-workout's going to fit into that kind of just you know that liquid motivation to give you what you need to get out mm-hmm. there and, and do your best in the gym if you need the motivation yeah so so can and i ask I think- a really dumb question what i don't even having not worked out like you guys have worked out I understand stretching and warming up, but I never thought I have to take supplements before or after. I don't really understand what the purpose or what the how, how what supplements do. So I mean, we, well, just just back up a little bit. I mean, the whole reason we have supplements to begin with is because a lot of the food that we eat, you know, if we were living, you know, That's on basic, all yeah. on farms, you know, this is you know the, the 1600s or something. We would have all the nutrition we'd need in our food. But because of how everything's commercially processed and the soil doesn't have the nutrients it used to have and everything's mass produced, and again, talking about battling how can we make, there's always brands trying to make cheaper supplements, there's always food companies trying to make cheaper food. And a lot of times that means robbing, you know, the nutrients out of some, you know, products, food products that we eat. So you have to get supplementation to give that back to the athlete that's getting depleted. Whereas, like many years ago, you wouldn't need those things. You could just find it all in food. Um, so today we, you know, as like, for example, protein, we supplement with protein after workout because, you know, whey protein, you can buy at a really high concentration where it's very bioavailable and very living. So it can give you that really good protein dose that probably a glass of milk gave someone in the 18th century, you yeah. know, but we don't have that today. Right. So I, I would still have pre-workout though, if we lived in the 1600s. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could live <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. And I think actually the recovery one, so... I think that all goes in stages. So pre-workout, 
you know, like you're trying to yeah. itemize them. I think that comes with age too. Oh, so sure. like, you know, when I when I was 21 years old, age depression, you know, yeah, whatever you want to go. Yeah, I mean, it. I was, you know, what I was taking like pre-workout wise, you know, the main ingredient in there's banned now. You know, it's a banned yeah. substance, but man, it got me going. You know, right. I just need, wanted that motivation, that high, just to get going. Now it's just kind of essential. If I don't have it, I basically didn't tie my shoes that day. It feels really weird, but as I age recovery has been you know it's kind of flip-flop where i would have spent my 40 dollars on pre-workout and i wouldn't have bought it protein now i'm like well that pre-workout is essential you know i need to do it but man my recovery needs to absolutely be there yeah yeah so we we talked about this a little before you got here billy and i and i think this it applies to this too um i don't think that there's just like with nutrition or diet i don't there's probably not any one like standard supplement thing where you can say this is going to work for you for everybody and um, I'm under the belief that everyone's, you know, wired a little bit differently, blood's a little bit differently, or whatever that is. Body type, like absolutely. you and I couldn't have more opposite body type. I have a sure. hard gainer. I think you're probably more of a hard loser. Sure, yeah. So absolutely. our supplementation and our training, our nutrition is going to be completely totally different. Totally different, yeah. And, and that's changed for me over the years too. And I think yeah. Dan would talk about that too. But it's yeah. that's one of the battles. And the first thing that people have to understand is, and this is going back to what Dan was saying about how everyone's jumping on, you know, diet fads. You know, I'm going keto. I'm yeah. vegan. I'm this. Yeah. I'm that. Um, you know, I've done a lot of these. I've done bulletproof diet. I've done full blown keto diet. I've done zero carb. I've done carb cycling. I've done slow carb, no carb, everything you can He's try. Like, but the, the thing that you really have to understand is your body is different than many other people. And as people, we're built to survive. You know, our, like the we don't exist on this planet all over it because everyone just ate yak butter and tea. You know, and that's the perfect diet and everything else is killing us. Like we're we're built to survive. And so we can make it work off of many, many different food sources. You know, that's why there's, you know, Inuits living off of, I don't know, fish and only, you know, and yeah. then there's people like, you know, in Africa living off an entirely different diet. Like, And I think geography does have something to do with sure. it. Not only culture, but your surroundings and environment and weather and all that, I think, yeah. right? It's just harder for us because we live in the first world and we can kind of have whatever we want. And so we're like, oh, yeah. what's the best? Yeah. So Yeah, so we're yeah. constantly tweaking everything. The best are Twinkies right. and Fritos. That's right, it's a, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is controversial. It seems to be always. Everyone has yeah. a strong opinion on. And again, it's not going to be the same for everybody, but the proper amount of protein intake. Sure. So, and I know also it's like, what's your goal, right? You have, you ask the same questions that I ask my clients financially, like, mm-hmm. hey, what's your goal? What are we trying to accomplish for? Right. Um, but so, if I was to, uh, someone were to ask you, and let's say their goal was, hey, I want to lose weight. How much protein do you think they should have, like per? Let's go with per pound of body yeah. weight. It's easier. So, I mean, that's a really good... I mean, that's still to this day a good rule of thumb is a gram per pound of body weight. I mean, and first of all, that's harder to eat than you think, you know? And so, actually, yeah. I, I give it to people that want to lose weight or gain weight, you know? So, if they're trying to gain weight, you know, I just will increase the carbohydrates and the essential fatty acid ratios. Yeah. But, um, but trying to lose weight, if you can ingest a good amount of protein... And like, let's say you weigh 180 pounds, you know, just 180 grams of protein a day. That's yeah. like just eating it. That's harder. It's easier said than done. So, I would probably recommend people doing that. What I usually get more as a question rather than the per day is how much can I get? You know, how much is the ideal per scoop? Right, 50 grams, 40 grams, 20 grams, 27 grams, 28.9 grams. Like, and ultimately, the best thing to do. Is because like going back to everyone's body is different, and if you don't have all the time, effort, and energy to you know get yourself all these different tests to find out what your optimal range of absorption is, is to give yourself a baseline. Call it 30 grams of protein. It, uh, 
you know, so like for me, per meal, I or like so yeah, per meal or like for you know whatever window you need to get a protein shake or something yeah. like that. But um, like for breakfast, I will have 30 grams of protein every morning. And when I'm like you know training really hard or I'm training with Dan, I'll, I'll make sure to at least do that. You know, I get up usually about an hour before I'm in the gym, so I'll have a shake first thing in the morning. But that's a good baseline that I can do every day. And it's a no-brainer. If I'm trying to really beat myself up over, oh, I had you know 23 grams, but you know 25 is really my my target, or you know that's that's not what's going to get 99 percent of people in shape. You know, now if I'm Ronnie Coleman and I need to win this bodybuilding competition, right. I better be getting every last bite of asparagus that I'm supposed to. You know, but because the guy next to me is doing the same thing. But for normal people, I'd recommend coming up with a baseline, a number that's reasonable. 30 grams is a totally reasonable 25 to 30 grams is a totally reasonable number and try and hit that you know every two and a half to three hours and you'll you'll lose weight i would say so my 60 to 80 per meal six times a day is, is probably too that's much. that's steep i mean I, i'd be hard <laughs> yeah. pressed to find someone that can absorb now granted it's different you know so if you have a 60 to 80 gram protein shake that's in water with no fiber yeah. i mean you're not going to be able to absorb that there's no no chance no yeah. snowball's chance in hell but if it's a steak yeah. you know steak is extremely textured you know your body's yeah. have to get through all that just to get to those amino acids you'll probably right. absorb that you know or a lot right. more of it than had it been a protein shake right. so now we're getting I down totally to that yeah so yeah. that's another part of it too because yeah. you you will yeah so how much can your body take in one session can you just pump it in until you can't take anymore i mean yeah your body will just whatever you can't take it'll just you know it'll Passing just go out the other end yeah, yeah. Right. and it's rule, harder to make protein stores fat so. i think the rule of thumb is like for men is like 27 grams of protein or something like it's that serving. Absorb. Yeah. yeah per serving and then women is down there at like 23 max maybe. but again i think it's based on your goal right right body so type weight yeah totally I mean, body fat if you're I mean, trying to i think this is me. I'm not the finance guy, but for me, it's always tr- always trying to gain muscle and lose fat. I mean, that's been my last 30 years. Totally. Um, You're looking good doing yeah. it, Bart. Keep it up. Thank you. I think Thank it's you. everybody's goal. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, but I personally, for me, what works is a higher protein. So I, I'm, yeah. I, I, my daily is roughly 50% protein, 25 carbs, 25 fat. That's sure. my standard. Well, and where you're winning there is more of what you're eating is going like. The, the carbs are going to eat a lot easier to go to fat than the protein. So even if you're wasting those last 10 grams or something like yeah. that, the thing is the meal is filling. You've had enough. Yeah. And you're winning because it's not, you know, like when I was doing a zero carb diet, I was probably way overeating the celery and peanut butter, but yeah. at least I wasn't eating, you know, a pizza. Right. right. So right. to take me out of ketosis or whatever it is. So right. that's, you know, it depends upon like what your goals are there. It's like not maybe to make sure every gram is absorbed, but maybe to get the correct meal to yeah. meet your goals. And if you're trying to hit this protein or whatever, is it better to try and do it naturally? I know that's so many of these diets say no, that like the whatever it is, the pro, the caveman diet or whatever. Right, it is. that's another good one. Yeah. Um, and whether you're trying to do it naturally, or can I just buy a supplement? And- and so achieve the same thing. There's definitely other nutritional value coming from normal food. So you never want to stop eating food and strictly go to supplements, right? You know, that's that's kind of a, a common sense thing. But ultimately, I, I'm not a huge person on, well, it's got to be 100%. Like, you know, I, I can't have any supplements or supplements. First of all, supplements, protein powder, for example, is just dehydrated way wait there's right. no, yeah. as soon as you add the water back to it yeah it's natural yeah so i mean if, if you're getting like a good concentrate now if you get some crazy hydrolysate way that's been ion exchange transfer there's different you know things that they've done to it to process that food but for the most part it's just dehydrated food there's nothing yeah ultimately wrong with it now it'd be better if you could literally have every single meal prepared and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day the supplements are going to get you 
a good, I'd say like 75% of the way there, even if that's, that's a lot better than eating, you know, eating a bag of chips. Because bag of chips yes, right. 100%. And I, and I think, I mean, that's, that's what, why I do it from a time standpoint, from a convenience and to try to get my protein quota. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Hey, that's, that's Chewing solid. meat is a, takes a long time. Yep. And it's, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if you're eating it healthy too, it's absolutely covered in barbecue sauce. Well, there's a, a difference. Yeah, 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 that would be a lot easier. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, so much to cover. Not that much time left. But hey, help explain the difference now. There's like the word supplement. There's word. There were nutraceuticals. Dan, you've taught me nootropics, and I think that maybe falls into one of those categories. So, kind of a basic rundown on those. Yeah, so nutraceutical is just an, uh, an open-ended word for the supplement industry as a whole. You know, so a pharmaceutical is is chemical compound made in a lab, right? Nutraceutical is something from Earth that has been maybe processed to become stronger, but ultimately is some extract or food-based product. So but there can be chemicals with it. So like, no. so for example, like um, Solaray. If you go shop for Solaray, it makes great vitamins. Awesome yeah. company. The company's called Nutraceutical. It's funny, yeah. but um, there's two kinds of Solaray products. Or there's actually more now. But um, you can get a green cap, which is literally just you know. So let's say let's take ginseng, right? Korean mm-hmm. ginseng. You can get ginseng non-processed. So you can just basically just ginseng ground up and put it into the capsules and you take it, you got to mm-hmm. take a lot more, or you can get guaranteed potency ginseng, which will have the red caps. Those are way less milligrams. You might only need to take one. It'll be five times stronger than the green one. So they've, they've ate, they've cooked that one down. You know, they've given yeah. HCL that down to a very concentrated version of the ginseng. Uh-huh. That's not natural. You can't go find, you know, hydrochloride treated ginseng out, you know, off a tree and eat one, you know, but yeah. at the same time, it's a little more potent. So it comes down to the, the customer and what they're really looking for. Some people are like, I will never touch that synthetically created thing. Or yeah. some people are like, hey, I need what works today. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> All right. And then uh, nootropics. How about you, Dan? Tell me about that. Uh, I'm just a huge fan of nootropics. Um, just the brain focusing that you have. Yeah. Um, I went back to you know a pre-workout that I used to take that had DMAA in it. And the focus that you used to gain from that stimulant was just incredible in every single pre-workout company that's coming out right now or raw material is trying to get as close as they can to dmaa um which and, and dmaa is trying to get as close as it can to ephedra caffeine aspirin you know what i mean stop, so it's I, always levels I, to explain what dmaa is uh 1,3 dimethylalanine yep you yeah. nailed it yeah okay. so um anyway that's it's been banned for for a while um, it's, re- it's reverse kind of- Kind of stimulants or something? Yeah, it's reverse engineered geranium oil. So basically, like reverse engineered (laughs) Uh geranium oil. Right. So their way of making that a supplement. Who would even think to put that in your body? Right. Well, you know, Patrick Arnold. That's who thought of it. I mean, um, so basically, he there's a guy who created a lot of um, designer hormones called pro hormones that were, you know, basically they're they're his chemical compounds that all did different kind of react things. Some would make you really anabolic, some would make you stronger. And one of the last things that he's done, and you know, you can you can search podcasts that he's been on too. He's a brilliant guy. And so um geranium oil is one of the ones that he's he had promoted for a while. Now it is by no means natural. Like he just took geranium oil from like he what the strength of what he wanted and found a way to make that and then, you know, so it, like the, without getting too deep into the science, yeah. it's reverse engineered geranium oil but it's very strong and the reason why it's so strong is 
Um, you have alpha and beta adrenals, so you have adrenals that are you know go straight to your brain, and you have adrenals that go to your heart. It hits both of them, so mm-hmm. there's like four of them total, and it hits all of it. That's why you totally wake up and. You're, yeah. you're wired. Whereas when, caffeine, like from coffee, is only an alpha stimulant. It's not giving you much beta stimulation. So, so when you say uh, nootropics, is this sort of like psychotropic drugs? Is this, is this something <laughs> not as full blown? No, I mean it's not, definitely not uh, psychedelics. You know, they're, there's they're made for mushrooms, like, man. They're right. Made, they're made for like focus and memory and short term memory and 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 really what they're doing is they're helping. Like, I mean, we're talking. I mean, DMAA is not really even a nootropic. That is like no. full blown. Drug? Strong chemical drug. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> a nootropic is going to help you get blood flow to other parts of your brain. Whereas, you know, when you go into fight or flight, which being an American living in Orange County, like we're basically in flight or flight since we, from when we wake up to when we go yeah. to bed. And so, um, you know, if you're stressed, your body's only going to transmit blood to one side of your brain, like m- most normally. So you have to work to try and, you know, calm down, you know, focus, get it to travel to the other side. And so decreasing cortisol levels helping blood flow to the other side of the brain that can help a lot and a lot of nootropics are good at doing that so that's i mean most supplements while we make we have cool videos and all the stuff that make them sound super awesome it usually means oh this one helps you get blood over here this one helps your body do this a little bit little bit better and that's your body's the one doing the work the supplements are just helping like turn on on and off certain switches yeah i'm shocked i mean dan talks to me uh, about stuff all the time and he said you know you consider nootropic and then finally for whatever reason i'm like let me you know give it a shot because i was feeling a little foggy right? sure yeah and fog, yeah. um and as you guys both know i don't generally feel things i take things because like i'm they're good for me i don't really feel it but it was probably four or five days and i felt so much more just clear and articulate and and just more focused yeah. That's great, and this yeah. one I think is like a like a an actual natural like a mushroom based one. I think the one yeah. you're doing, not the crazy mushroom, but regular mushroom. Right. <laughs> oh well, I mean all of the mushroom. I don't want to say mushroom tech, but I mean a lot of the mushroom industry, like uh, lion's mane and that kind of thing, is taken yeah. off because mushrooms actually match human DNA by up to sixty percent, which is huge. You know, like huh. we don't have like normal herbal extracts only match our DNA by like 10% or something. So the mushrooms, you can absorb a lot more effectively. So are we descended from mushrooms? That's what, uh, you know, depending (laughs) on who you talk to, you you get a few of those people that tell you that too. It's an Um, alien species or something. I know we're running really short on time, but the one thing I think um, we should talk about is you mentioned the pro-hormone. So there on one far end there's there's anabolic steroids right. and on the other far end call it i guess tribulus natural test booster yeah and then of, yeah. maybe there's something in the middle that's yeah. pro hormones pro so hormones what, or what determines and, yeah. what is what so um so i think the first thing you would want to start is what's natural what's synthetic right so yeah. what is something that you can just get from earth and pick it up and put it in a bottle and that does something yeah um and then what is synthetic, meaning what is someone made in a lab that is going to, you know, and some things are, are similar, like cough, you know, caffeine you can make in a lab or you can get from coffee, basically the same caffeine anhydrous type mm. compound. But um, a lot of times, you know, synthetic test boosters have gotten a lot more effective and stronger because you have to take so much less of them. You know, our, you know, Dan, Dan's got a testosterone. You want to tell him about your natural test booster and how many pills you got to take of that to get an F. Yeah, I mean, so, so it's you're ten a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to take a huge dosage of natural to be able to boost your natural testosterone within your body. Um, and then these synthetic ones, you know, are like one. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like 20, 20 milligrams, and you know, take yeah. one right. one a day. You know, but then you, the problem that we have, I think, and 
we've experienced this before is you have companies that come out saying natural testosterone booster or natural, you know, whatever. And, you know, you take them and within two weeks, you know, you drop 5% body fat, you gain 20 pounds and you increase strength and you're just like, well, mm, that really worked natural. really well. Right. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, six months down the road, they get, you know, yeah. popped by the FDA or something like that. Right. Investigations. Yeah. But um, and so the far end of the spectrum is, you know, like the synthetic, basically like um, taking injectable steroids, that's going to exactly mimic testosterone that's in your body. So your body will look at that and say, that's my testosterone, and it'll absorb it all, mm-hmm. you know, and it's already in the bloodstream. So that's going to be, and then everything in between, you know, pro-hormones, um, and there's oral anabolic steroids too, it's not just injectable, but um, pro-hormones, SARMs, peptides, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. A good rule of thumb is the heart, harder and and higher you go is the more thunder you're calling down for on the side effects end, right? So the the super strong ones mm-hmm. are pretty much going to you're going to get so much testosterone that it's going to work really well, but then your body's going to go, oh well, like why am I making testosterone anymore? I mean, I've got so much extra, you yeah. know, and it's it's yeah. not going to keep doing it by itself. So the longer you stay on, and now with the advent of Instagram and YouTube fitness, you yeah. know, famous people and stuff like that. Some people are taking steroids year round and they're totally oh, yeah. shutting their system down. Yeah. So they're like 20, 20 years old, 24 years old. They right. can't make testosterone anymore. Yeah. Right. They're, and yeah. So once they're done with, you know, whatever 16 steroid cycle they're doing, they're having to take TRT just to, you know, testosterone replacement therapy in order to just maintain a baseline testosterone amount. Whereas, yeah. you know, you get down into some of the other, you know, pro hormones like cyanostain or, um, 19 nor trend and like some other things that have been out over the years. Some are banned, some are not banned, some are about to be banned. Um, and there's less side effects. You know, you need to take like basic post cycle therapy, maybe a remistain or something to stop an estrogen spike. But ultimately, you're not going to be getting back knee, mood swings, throwing a chair through a wall or something like that. And so um, it just kind of, that that's the, the big range. You know, it's like the harder and the more results you get just right out the gate, usually the more side effects you're you're going to okay. see that's not a hundred percent guarantee but right. that's a good good right. rule of thumb right my head is spinning at the sheer <laughs> amount of uh, terms and yeah. ideas and science going on here how do people reach you if they want to learn any of this here if any of this starts to intrigue them yeah so i mean uh, i mean you can definitely reach out to me you can i still work in the stores at kingdom nutrition so you're more than welcome to call the store if you need to hear was, my voice and what was the store it's called kingdom nutrition and we're located out of orange county california um, we have two locations in ranch santa margarita and san clemente and then on top of that you know you can reach out to me on instagram uh, B Hinzo. I'm on Twitter at Billy Hinzo. Um, or you can just email me, billyhinzo at gmail.com. I mean, I, I love supplements. And like a, like Bart was saying, I'm gonna, you're going to be the one that gets bored of talking about it before me. So you're not boring me by asking questions. Feel free to reach out anytime. And how about you, Dan? How can people reach you? Uh, that'd just be dan at goldenerranutrition.com or Instagram, mm-hmm. same thing uh, for just Daniel Houts okay. on my Instagram. Awesome. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time. Now we're both, uh, we're all into uh, health and nutritional, but I have to ask you one last thing: What's your guilty pleasure, Billy? Oh man, I mean, I'm gonna say Cheetos. It's gonna, it's gonna be kettle corn, honestly. Kettle corn tea. I, I was a, uh, I was at a, a concert and the Chevelle's playing. I'm sitting, you know, seven rows back, just sitting down. I just got into kettle corn and I ate it through the whole first set. And the, the <laughs> artist just stopped and lead singers like did you seriously eat popcorn that entire no time way. and i was like just like kind of threw up a fist like yeah, <laughs> yeah. man i did <laughs> i did it yeah <laughs> exactly that's a lyric how about you Dan? um 
I, I go through flows. I mean, probably popcorn is one of them for sure. Extra butter popcorn. If I'm at a movie theater, I, I usually eat it before the, I mean, a big bucket before the opening <laughs> credits are finished. Um, but right now, hot Cheetos. Are See, and I was, I was kidding. I know, hot Cheetos, but yeah. the problem is, is if you have some whiskey after hot Cheetos, your mouth <gasps> yep. is just on fire. <laughs> so that's how I'm going to stop. All right, guys, thanks again. This Absolutely. Really thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, who tuned in. We'll look forward to being back in the studio next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist Inc. and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivist Inc. under SEC registration.